0: Hello, my lovely listeners! I hope your week is off to a fabulous start. Given that Brain Meets Mind has been an intersection of the neuroscience and psychology worlds, episode 32 is particularly interesting as it covers the socio-cognitive perspective in the light of the Black Lives Matter movement. As part of the first piece in this series on racial equality, today we're learning about the neuroscience of prejudice and stereotyping. I'm your host, Amy J, and here on Brain Meets Mind, I extend the basic scientific idea that structure determines function to the fields of neuroscience and psychology. The title of the podcast is a metaphor for my own journey, first as a neuroscience graduate of Georgia Tech, and then as a human being and lifelong learner. Through my weekly episodes, I aim to break down seemingly complex neuroscience into understandable content that can help you maximize your potential. Plus, nearly every episode includes a weekly challenge so that you too can join me on this beautiful journey of personal growth. Thanks for joining me today. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Last week, I shared with you some thoughts of mine about the current social climate and why things as they've continued for years need to change. And by change, I don't just mean a short wave where everyone talks about racial equality and the fact that Black Lives Matter for only a few months. Part of the reason why I wanted to release this now is because to some extent, posts on social media have died down compared to a few months ago when protests first appeared. And regardless of whether or not news outlets cover the ongoing demonstrations, it's something that requires an extensive conversation amongst our communities, families, friends, and most importantly, ourselves. In order to do so, we have to start at the base. We have to identify the potential prejudice and negative attitudes that we might have towards others and unwire our brains to forget a lot of what we thought we knew. After doing research and listening to those who have unfortunately been the victims of prejudice, we need to rewire our minds again to create for an inclusive ideology that contributes to equal treatment of others. So why does prejudice exist and where does it come from? If you recall from one of my older episodes, much of our resistance towards things or people around us starts with the detection of some sort of threat. If there's something that appears to be a red flag, we're much more evolutionarily inclined to become slightly biased towards it. According to an article from Nature, prejudice responses range from the rapid detection of coalition and subjective visceral responses to deliberate evaluations and dehumanization. These visceral responses are home to structures that we've talked about before. Given that prejudice has a large emotional basis, it's no surprise that the amygdala supports this process, along with the insula, striatum, and medial prefrontal cortex. You may remember that the NPC is what guides our decision-making, and through its connections with other frontal cortices and the amygdala, it's able to influence the decisions that we make based on how characteristics of a person, place, or event might make us feel. When it comes to stereotyping, there are a few more factors to consider. Here is where we see something called in-group versus out-group ideologies. One way to think of this is a preference for a group that you may identify with versus being unable to understand or empathize with a group that's different from your own. For most who still tend to reject the Black Lives Matter movement as being invalid or unimportant, their stereotypes towards the out-group are likely to be impairing the development of a broader humanitarian perspective in their minds. And as expected, based on how we perceive particular populations, there's resulting consequences on things like impression management and social behavior. Within the mind, we're mainly looking at the anterior temporal lobes and the medial and dorsolateral prefrontal cortices. Apart from the limbic system and the frontal cortex, things become even more interesting when we consider seemingly simple ideas like feature processing. Multiple studies have shown that basic information processing of facial features and basic characteristics such as race, sex, and age can be automatically detected through sensory stimuli and can lead us to make certain judgments about others. While this pathway is seen in both the in-group and out-group biases, you would expect that with those who oppose the BLM movement, again, the out-group bias is largely prevalent. With science and growth in consideration, each week I'm going to share a resource with you as we continue to redefine our thinking. The first is a very well-written article titled How Neuroscience Could Help Address Racism, and I've linked it below in the show notes for you to read into. I know that I also have a few new listeners joining me today, so I'm going to go ahead and link some podcast information as well in case you'd like to connect over my episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I hope you have a wonderful week.